This is Dr. Jennifer Kaufman, your host today for our podcast episode number 10. Women today are seeking entrepreneurship, leaders in their field. They are developing and raising up new leaders that attract personal growth and contribution to serve others on a massive scale. Today we have with us Dr. Krista Burns, co-founder of American Posture Institute. She is the most certified posture expert in the world. She is dedicated to being the world's leading professional resource for posture-related information, products, and correction systems. She graduated with honors as a doctor of chiropractic from Palmer College of Chiropractic. Passionate about furthering her education, she completed a doctorate in health administration with an emphasis in health policy. To increase her clinical expertise, she completed certifications as a certified postural neurologist, a certified posture expert, a certified posture exercise professional, and a specialist in functional chiropractic neurology. Dr. Krista is a published author and research in the field of health and wellness. She's an author of evidence-based textbook, The Principles of Posture. Dr. Krista is also the creator of Certified Posture Neurologist and Certified Posture Expert Programs. These are intense online program certifications educating healthcare professionals of the neurology of the posture system, brain-based posture correction strategies, and how to become the go-to expert. With certified posture experts in over 32 countries worldwide, the American Posture Institute is the largest that provides online postgraduate posture education. Dr. Cruz is an inspiring public speaker, has been a featured presenter at seminars around the world. She has created and implemented a publicly recognized postural hygiene program called Better Posture for Brighter Futures, which has been implemented throughout the Italian school system. She's a vice president of the membership for the League of Chiropractic Women and also the founder and immediate past president of the League of Chiropractic Women European Chapter, an organization dedicated to the advancement of women in the chiropractic profession. In addition to being a regularly featured speaker at seminars to empower women, Dr. Krista was featured at Global Women Magazine as a successful entrepreneur. Beyond her professional accomplishments, Dr. Krista has always had a love for fitness. She was a competitive member of the United States Freestyle Ski Team and competed at the U.S. National Ski Championships. Her love for sports continues today as she is nationally recognized fitness competitor in the category of bikini and bodybuilding. In 2014, she was the Italian Grand Prix IPFA overall champion. She finished third overall in the IPFA Bodybuilding World Championships and fourth in the Italian National Bodybuilding Championships. Dr. Krista has a passion for all things health. She lives the advice that she gives. She has Her superior personal work ethic is demonstrated by her continued dedication to academics, her professional accomplishments, her role as a female leader in the chiropractic profession, and her success as a professional athlete. Please today welcome Dr. Krista. Welcome, Dr. Krista. Hi, Dr. Jennifer. Thank you so much for that beautiful introduction. It's wonderful to connect with you, and it's great to connect with your audience. Thank you for everything that you do, and I look forward to chatting today. Absolutely. Our audience, you know, please tell us just about your journey, your journey from school as, as a new chiropractor out, but how you even got started at, you know, you're only just, you know, so young, but you have so many accomplishments. Can you share with them? Absolutely. So after graduating school, I always have had a love for traveling and I wanted the experience of living abroad. Mm 
And after graduating, so I picked, packed my bags and I moved over to the country of Italy. Now, that was a dream come true, being able to live in Europe and live in Italy and have the ability to travel everywhere throughout the European countries. It was absolutely amazing. But what it was very difficult for was starting a business. And so here I am at 25 years old. I moved to Italy. You know, in Italy was in the worst financial crisis in its Italian history at the time. And um, I didn't know anybody. I didn't speak the language. And I had absolutely no entrepreneurial experience. But I started a business anyway. And because of that experience, it was very much sink or swim. And with that sink or swim experience, I did a little bit of sinking at the beginning, Dr. Jennifer. And we can talk more about those failure <laughs> moments as we go. Because um, I'm happy to share them because it's all about failing forward. And then, of course, failing forward fast. And so I was, as I was sinking, <laughs> I call it the treadmill effect, the feeling of working very hard, but um, running, sprinting, but never moving forward. And from that treadmill effect, I had the experience of really understanding what I needed to do to become a better entrepreneur. I started seeking advice from the best entrepreneurial books and, and really um, getting guidance. And from there, I was able to really grow a great practice in Italy. And then the systems that we utilized were so great for building a practice that we wanted to share that with more people. And our desire to share that with more people came from doing online courses. So we were able to package up our system and provide information to other healthcare professionals worldwide of how they could do the exact same thing, how they could go from a practice that isn't doing so well, it's not, it, maybe it's even failing as I was, to um, building a great practice within months by implementing these systems. And so as um, a certified posture, posture expert, certified postural neurologist, we've become the most certified posture experts and really have taken that expertise in a way that helps other healthcare professionals grow their practices and be very successful with the implementation of postural correction systems. So that's it in a nutshell, and I'm sure we'll get into more details, and I'm happy to share some of my failure stories and aha moments as we get going. Well, definitely. And the American Posture Institute, I mean, how did you decide that that was where you were going to go? And, and ultimately, where do you see like where it's going to go over the next five, even 10 years? What's your vision? Yeah. So what we found out is, to take it back just a little bit, as I told you, we were in what was called the treadmill effect. And the treadmill effect was working really hard, but never moving forward. And so I read the book, Good to Great. And in the book, Good to Great by Jim Collins, he talks about specializing, that the one unique difference between good companies and great companies, and the great companies are the ones that stand the test of time, was that the great companies all have a unique expert position. They all specialize, and they're the best in the world at one thing. And when I read that, I, I really took it to heart, because what I realized in that moment was that I was a generalist, I wasn't a specialist. If you're a generalist, it means that you're trying to help everybody with every single need, regardless of age, regardless of presentation, regardless of you know, demographics, all these things. So what I realized is that by being a jack of all trades but a master of none, that was the single distinguishing factor that was causing my failure in practice. And so from that moment of reading that book, Good to Great, and understanding that I needed to define my unique expert position, then I really got to work with that. And so how you can define your unique expert position to provide the information to everybody listening is it arises where the three circles collide, which is what are you, what are you good at? What are you talented at? What, um, so what are you passionate about? What can you make money doing? And what can you be the best in the world at? And when I read the part about being the best in the world, I wanted to focus my attention down 
and really super niche focus and become the best in the world at one thing. And that's where the American Posture Institute was born. Because what we realized with our chiropractic practice is that the thing that was driving most patients to come and see us and that was keeping them longer for retention and that made the most sense for communication was posture. And so we understood that if we really wanted to go to posture practice, then we needed to become the best in the world, which led us down the road of taking all these certifications and raising our knowledge to expert level. And so that's where the American Posture Institute came from, was this idea of being the best in the world at one single thing. And if there's one single piece of advice that I can give every woman entrepreneur listening to this is do the exact same thing. Instead of trying to serve everybody, serve one very specific group of people and be the best in the world at what you do. And when you're the best in the world, then you are, you know, you're flown in, you're flown across countries to speak to audiences. People will fly to you to hear your expertise. People will pay expert level prices. But what they won't do is they won't do that for somebody who's a generalist. Only the specialists, only the experts are able to have that unique expertise. So I highly recommend specializing and determining your unique expert position. And when you do, then you're going to exponentially grow your business. And so that's where the American Posture Institute was born. And where we see it going in the future is the development of more online courses and working. um, We've currently been working with healthcare professionals, but now expanding our systems of postural correction to to general population. So, um, you know, specifically to entrepreneurs and for people within the working environment, how they can understand how to correct their posture and live a happier and better life. Wow, that's huge. That's huge. Um, And I love the book, Good to Great. That's really, um, yeah, because so many of us are generalists and we don't focus on that unique expert position that can just take you to the next level. As far as daily, and you have clearly you're disciplined in your life just with the things that you've accomplished. Are there certain things that you do daily as when you get up in the morning that kind of just keep your head straight? whether it's goals, affirmations, working out, eating right, or chiropractors. So um, what sort of things are like your must-haves for your daily routine? Yeah, um, I absolutely live by the discipline model. So let me explain discipline. Um, discipline to me is a very negative word. You know, when you think about when you're a child and you get disciplined, meaning you get sent to the corner for bad behavior or whatever that discipline is, And so when we think about disciplining ourselves, I feel like that takes a negative turn in the sense that I'm forcing myself to be on a diet. I'm forcing myself to go out and work out. I'm forcing myself to get things done. I like to switch that word discipline into blissipline. So instead of disciplining or punishing myself, I like to think about blissfully accomplishing my goals for the day. And so with the discipline model, I always, every single day starts with a workout. I never miss a workout because if I do, I'm so much worse off for it. And so I like to wake up. First thing I do is I turn on a great podcast and I get my workout in. And for me, I'm very left-brained, meaning that I'm very analytical. And when I sit down to accomplish tasks, I'm very detail-oriented. What I love about my exercise plan and my workouts and listening to a podcast as I'm going is that it gives me the opportunity of being right-brained. And I feel like as I'm working out, not only is it great for my physical body, but that's where all of my best ideas come from. So as I'm working out, I'm constantly taking notes on my cell phone, you know, writing down my ideas that come to me. I, I swear all of my million-dollar ideas come from being at the gym or being on a run in nature. And so for anybody who's left-brained like I am, 
I highly recommend taking that hour each morning and getting to the gym, also getting out in nature. If you can do, you know, lift weights in the gym, for example, but then take a 30 minute run outside or a walk, that's the best way of doing it. And allow yourself to, to be a visionary in that moment. So don't think so much about the physical exercise that you're doing. Definitely stay concentrated on your form and posture, but allow your brain to go right brain. Allow it, allow the visions to come, allow the motivation to inspire you and take notes as you go and jot down those ideas because the best ones always come during exercise. So for me, that's my absolute, um, every single day is a morning workout. Oh, that's huge. I swear. I, I'll tell my husband, I can reinvent the world when I'm running. And yes. <laughs> <laughs> all, all these ideas start to flood in. And for me, first thing in the morning is the perfect time to go to the gym and, and again, listen to podcasts. And, but it is to feel, fill the mind and uh, gives me all these new ideas for creation. That's awesome. Yeah. Now you mentioned good to great, but leaders are readers. Tell me, do you, um, you obviously read books. How many books do you read? And do you do audibles as well? Are you kind of a nibbler on different books? Where's your thoughts there? Yeah, I, I love reading. And I, I want to go back to what I was saying about the book Good to Great and reading business books when I was failing in practice. What I used to do, and this is how I got all of my business advice, was just consuming business books. And I like to read business books. So I listen to podcasts every time I'm working out. Um, I listen to good business podcasts to keep my mind right with um, what's current with business. But I like to read and I like to highlight something about holding the physical book and being able to highlight and write in the margins really works for me. Um, but I, when I was struggling in practice, I did with my business partner, we did what was called book reports. And each month we would each read a business book. And then we would take an entire weekend and we would explain the book to each other. So for example, I would be on Saturday, he'd be on Sunday. And on Saturday, I would explain my book. I'd spend about eight hours going through it. And then we would actually take all the takeaway from the book of how we could apply that to our business. And we would make ourselves accountable for taking action steps. And then the next day, he would go through his book and we would make ourselves accountable for taking action steps, learning from the experts. I mean, when you read a book, you are tapping into the mind of Stephen Covey, of Jim Collins, you know, some of the top entrepreneurial experts in the world. Now, it's one thing to read it and consume it, but it's a whole other thing to actually put that into action and make it a part of your life and make it a part of your business. And so if anybody like me had those struggles at the beginning and I couldn't afford to be traveling the globe to take seminars at that, at that time, it just wasn't possible. And so I just really consumed that information and then turned it around into a book report and said, okay, how can I put this into a game plan? So that's my absolute best, um, my best recommendation for reading books is to do book reports. And it sounds funny. It sounds like, an assignment you used to do in grade school. I totally get that. But when you're actually applying it to your own business, suddenly it's fun and suddenly it's more meaningful and it doesn't feel like a chore. It's exciting. It's a very much a bliss of activity. Um, in addition to that, my absolute favorite book is Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. I read that book at least once a month. I have it highlighted. I have notes. I have underlines 10 times over. I just cannot get enough of that book. Every single time I go through it, I pick out something else or I'm reminded of the absolute truth within that. So if I can recommend two books to you, it's from a business perspective, it's definitely good to great. And from a personal victory perspective, seven habits of highly effective people. Wow. 
You mentioned earlier failing forward. If you had to choose a failure that you feel moved you, um, moved you forward the most, and that you felt you learned the most, it kind of took you to the next level, what would you say that was? Yeah, the failure that absolutely 100% um, changed everything for me was when I realized I was a generalist, not a specialist. So realizing that my conglomeration of failures put together in, in under the category of generalization. So I was trying to market to everybody. So every marketing campaign I did was a little bit different, meaning I wasn't hitting any specific audience. And every time I would um, give advice to my, my patients, it was a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of that, and nothing was expert level advice. So by not having that specialization, I was failing. And it was very much a fail forward experience because when I changed into a specialization of having my expertise in postural correction, and obviously everybody needs to find their own unique expert position. It's not that postural correction is for everybody, um, but it's, it will amplify your ability to communicate and it makes it very clear where you should dedicate all of your attention to your attention for learning, your attention for communicating, your attention for marketing, your attention for every single aspect that you do of your business should be around this unique expert position. So the, the worst failure that I had that taught me the most was being general in practice in business. If you could speak to women, and right now I'm thinking of um, chiropractors even, um, or new entrepreneurs that are out there that um, maybe they're having a self-worth or self-love or um, self-confidence um, because they haven't yet achieved the success that allows them to develop the confidence. What would you say to these women about raising their level of self-confidence, self-worth, and self-love? How would they get started? Yeah, that's a beautiful question. I think um, what holds a lot of us back is the imposter syndrome, the feeling of, am I good enough? What if I put this out there and I hear crickets? What if nobody likes it? What if I get criticized? And here's the reality is that all of that is going to happen. <laughs> and I'm living proof of it. I'm living proof of opening my practice doors and hearing crickets. I'm living proof of putting things out on social media and getting all kinds of negative attention for it. I'm living proof of having haters. But here's the deal is all of that is part of the journey. All of that is part of the journey because if not, you're not being specialized enough. Here's the deal. If you want to be, you got to get out of that vanilla zone. So if you think about when you go to an ice cream shop and there's all these beautiful flavors there, you know, 31 flavors or whatever, and you walk in this ice cream shop, nobody's choosing vanilla. Vanilla is good always. I mean, it's, it's good. It tastes good. It's sweet. It, you know, it um, can hit a craving every now and then. When you walk into an ice cream shop, you're going all out, right? You're going, for me, it's mint chocolate chip every single day of the yes. week, you know, cookie dough or whatever. It's these extravagant flavors. But here's the thing is being a mint chocolate chip lover, I also highly dislike other flavors. So if you are not, if you're in the vanilla zone, you're liked by everybody, but you're never selected. You're never chosen. You need to get out of that vanilla zone and be very unique and special and be so you that you're absolutely out of vanilla. So when you put yourself out of that vanilla zone, out of your comfort zone, then you are going to have some negative attention along the way. I want you to recognize that it hurts. It doesn't always feel good, but it is part of your journey. And it is a positive thing because it means that you're not in the vanilla zone. So never be vanilla. If you're not getting negative attention, it means that you're in vanilla. <laughs> and so you got to get out of that zone if you're really going to make an impact and stand out within your community 
within your circle of influence and of course within the niche that it is that you want to serve. And our ability to, um, to be niche specific is so beautiful in this day and age. So if you think about how business was done previously before we had the internet and online businesses is we very much focused on serving our local communities. And serving your local community is great, but recognize that in addition to that, you also have the ability of being so niche specific that you can serve a global audience. Where you won't serve a global audience is if you say, oh, I specialize in health and wellness, or oh, I specialize in um, business. You know, it's just, it's way too broad. But if you become, you know, certified in um, posture expert, a certified posture expert, for example, it's very clear the market that you are taking care of. So your ability to be global with this niche is so unique to this day and age. And so once you get yourself out of the vanilla zone and start positioning yourself as the expert within your, um, your niche, then you can literally serve a world population. And that is super exciting. So recognize that you may have some, um, some trouble along the way in um, confidence issues, but when you overcome those, then it's going to open up your, your, you're just going to expand your horizons farther than you could have ever dreamt and, and, and imagined. I love that. Now you are an international speaker, so you've been on some pretty um, big stages with large audiences. How did you get started for somebody out there who's wanting to speak on stages? What would you say to them? Yeah. Um, first of all, speaking is, is a lot of fun. Now, I know that that's one of the greatest fears in the world is public speaking. And it's not always easy, you know, and I still get butterflies before going on stage. I'm actually, you know, in a hotel room right now about to um, present at a conference in Tampa. But when you start to um, start to realize the power of communication to large audiences, one to many, it really becomes something that you should implement within your business. So I got my start. I did, I had a speaking coach and I highly recommend Dr. Kathy Winland Colby. Dr. Kathy Winland Colby is the number one speaking coach for women. Um, she's absolutely amazing. I've gone through multiple speeches with her. We've literally gone down to the word of how to improve each part of it. She's helped me with positioning, how to, you know, how to have my presence on stage, all of these things. So it was very much intentional to develop myself into an international speaker. I put in the time and the effort with a great coach. So, I mean, we could talk for days about having a coach. I have a coach for all kinds of different aspects of my life. And because I wanted to develop my speaking career, I absolutely sought a wonderful coach, which is Dr. Kathy Winland Colby. Now, also in addition to that, her, her business partner, Dr. Tracy Zemkis, is an absolute branding expert. So when you have the brand behind you, plus you have the technical skills of how to give a great presentation, then it's going to help you amplify your message to your audience. That's huge. Tell me, we're the sum total of the five people we surround ourselves by. Um, how do you protect your inner circle or protect may not be the right word, but sometimes we look for certain qualities of people that we allow to be in that top five that are, we're around on a regular basis. Yeah, I think actually protect is a great word. And I use that all the time when I talk about my top five. I say, I got to protect myself, you know, because if I allow too much influence coming in, I got to be protective of who that influence is coming from. Um, it's something that commonly, you know, comes from my mouth as a statement. So I agree with you fully on that. Um, I'm very consciously aware of who I give my time to. So I will do a lot of presentations where it's one to many and who I give my personal time to is very selective because I need to have a synergistic relationship with people. You know, for example, if I have, um, 
a Skype call with my niece <laughs> who's four years old, I could get more value from that than I can, you know, just having conversations with, um, having useless conversations. So it's protecting yourself, who you give your time to, uh, because at the end of the day, there's no time management. There's only self-management. So we have to manage ourselves of how we, how we utilize our time and who we give our time to. So I highly recommend the self-management to protect your top five that influence you and who you spend your time with and, and give your energy to. Along with that, are there things, and, and you've kind of said it, but um, in the beginning, I even used to say yes to everything, and over time, I've learned to say no um, to probably more things than I say yes to. How do you decide what you say yes and no to? <laughs> you know, I'm still working on that one, Dr. Jennifer, to be <laughs> honest with you. If I could um, name one of my top um, top things I'm working on personally. That's that's one of them. I am I am a yes person by nature, so I say yes to everything. And what I've found is that by saying yes to certain things, I'm saying no to other things. And I've always thought that I could handle it all, but I'm starting to realize that with my unique expert position, I need to be very specific of what I say yes to and only say yes to the opportunities that serve that niche that I'm communicating with and that serve my, you know, the group of people that I want to serve. So it's, um, it's, I'm a work in progress on that one. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. I wish I had it mastered, but I'm still working on it. And um, I, I am coming aware of the fact that everything, every time I say yes, I say no to something else. And I'm being more proactive with making better decisions about the utilization of my time. Because again, it comes down to self-management, not time management. <laughs> You're constantly busy. You're always traveling. Do you take time for self-care for yourself? And when you do, what sort of things do you like to do that are self-care? Yep. Self-care is all about working out in nature. Again, I, regardless of where I am in the world, I always take that morning run and I go into nature and explore. And that is me time. I would never give that up for the world. So I, I'm, I'm always on the go, but I always take that moment every single morning to be out in nature, to connect, regardless of where I am on the planet. And that is my absolute me time. That is non-negotiable. Awesome. Do you celebrate your wins or do you, are you a person to say like hoorah next? I'm a hoorah next. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, um, it, it's funny because you think that, oh, if I just had this, then life will be so great. Or, you know, if, if I could just reach this point. And I've said that a lot of times and it's funny because once you get to the point, it's like, okay, cool. Check, you know, what's next, what's next on the list. And so I, I do think it's important. I'm not actually giving advice not to celebrate your wins, but if I'm going to be honest with myself and with you and, and all of your listeners, then um, I'm very much always on to the next thing, or I've already started the next thing even before finishing <laughs> to actually celebrate the the reward of the accomplishment. So I definitely would recommend to everybody else taking time to celebrate those wins. Amen. Um, tell me um, if we were to give the ladies today three things that would up-level their level of success, what would you say those would be? Yep. Number one is define your unique expert position, what you do better than anybody else in the world. Number two is to raise your knowledge to expert level. So once you def define your unique expert position, actually be the expert. Don't just say you are, actually be it. And so you got to raise your level, your knowledge to expert level. And you can do that by reading the top five books within your niche. And that will instantly raise you above of usually 90% people in your niche. And then after that, you want to pick your niche. So number three is to have a very defined specific target market. 
So you're not trying to serve everybody. You're trying to serve a very specific group of people. And when you do that, when you're specific about that niche, then you know precisely how to talk to them, how to communicate with them. You know their pain points. You know what they're thinking. You know how to anticipate what they'll be thinking or how they'll respond. And when you're that precise and you're that specific to your audience, you're going to create raving fans. And raving fans are what keep a business sustainable. It improves our retention and it makes it a lot of fun along the way. So step number one, um, define your unique expert position. Step number two, raise your knowledge to expert level. And step number three, define a very specialized niche. Do you write your goals? Yes, absolutely. Do you rewrite them only once a year or do you go back more often and rewrite them? You know, I, um, I rewrite them after I accomplish them. So once they've been written, that's, and it's, it's, um, so for the year, I guess I should be a little bit more specific. I do them quarterly. So I have my quarterly goals. So once the quarterly goal has been accomplished, I'm now on to the next goal from there. And I keep everything on my computer. I'm very digital and I just look at it all the time and I have it there on my desktop and it's, it's right in front of me. And in addition to that, with, um, you know, writing down goals also with the back of the, the desktop of my computer, I have the, the, um, the quote that says, how would you behave if you were the best in the world at what you did? And that's always on my computer screen. And then I have my goals as well. And when I read that and I look at my goals, it's like, okay, sit up straight, get to work and live a disciplined life because how would I really behave if I was the best in the world at what I did? I just, that really gets me going and motivates me to accomplish my goals. Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, if we're wrapping up today, is there a place that um, women can find you that anyone can find you? Um, can you give them your website, your contact information? Yeah. Um, my website is AmericanPostureInstitute.com. So on AmericanPostureInstitute.com, you'll have all kinds of resources for postural correction. If you want to follow me just as a woman entrepreneur, you can follow me on Instagram at Dr. underscore Krista Burns or my personal Facebook page, Dr. Krista Burns. Awesome. Doc, thank you very much. Thank you, Dr. Jennifer. I appreciate you having this um, amazing podcast and this platform for other women entrepreneurs just like us to have this learning experience and their ability to connect with like-minded entrepreneurs. It's wonderful. Thank you for all the work you do. You're welcome.